Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Good morning, Faith Life Church and all those watching online, interstate and overseas. We've been looking forward to sharing this message with you. I believe that I have a word of God for you. I believe if you're a pastor, I have a word of God for your church. For wherever you are, God has already prepared what we need today. Let's never forget, yes, we're living in times that are unusual. We're living in times that I've never been before. But to know this is that God never puts us in a time or environment which he hasn't prepared us for. So within us, I believe that there's an awakening happening within us and with the church that we are bigger than what we think. We, we are not small. We're not trying to survive, but we are thriving. And I believe today God's going to do something so amazing. You know, if you're in Melbourne today... Well, we've just had a lot of the restrictions lifted. So if you're part of Faith Life Church, and uh, we're going to be sharing in the next couple of days, you're going to be receiving information how we're going to start the church up in person. So um, if you're not connected, please get connected online so that you can receive the relevant information because we are coming back to -to person-to-person church um, with certain re- regulations, but I believe these regulations are going to work in our favor, not, not against us, but for us. For God is on our side. And t- today, you need to answer the call. You need to answer the call. You know, every time the doorbell goes off in our house, somebody gets up to open the door. And I believe that there's a call of God that is coming towards you in your situation. Today, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is going to awaken something in you, but we have to receive the call. I want to share an amazing scripture in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. says this, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me, and I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. This is in the Passion Translation. The Bible says, Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. That is your personal invitation. And this is, the, this is the, the word God dropped into my heart when I was preparing for this, while I was just meditating on God to see us thrive. And it's this. Faith is in the invitation. So when Jesus says, come to me, When you respond, if you respond with that, in your response, that is the faith to receive whatever the invitation was. Listen to the message translation from Matthew 11, 28. It says this, Are you tired, worn out, burnt out by religion or self-effort? Come to me. Get Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's out of the message translation. He's God coming in and he's giving you an invitation. So this is the invitation. So when Jesus walked the earth, He showed us how we are 
to walk in any given time. So this invitation, when he says, come to me, it wasn't just come and have a look, come to have a nice meeting, but it was come to me and I will show you how you can navigate through any difficulty, any circumstance. So whatever situation that you are in, God says, if you walk like me, if you think like me, if you let the Holy Spirit work through you like he's working through me, if you will accept the same relationship that I have with the Father, you're not going to be burnt out. See, if you get burnt out, it means that you are exercising self-effort. You're trying to do it by mimicking somebody else. But the Word of God says this, is that God says the faith is in the invitation. So right now, if you are tired, if you are weary, if you are worn out, God says, I'm giving you an invitation, and in the invitation is the faith to receive. See, there's something dramatic about faith. See, faith knows what it will receive before it asks. So the confidence is not just, I'm waiting for the answer, but the confidence is, I am coming to ask. The faith that God has put inside of me already knows what God's going to say. You know, when I grew up, people used to say things like this, you know, because you never know what God's going to do. God works in mysterious ways. There was always that kind of a guesswork that you don't know. But the good news is that God has given us his word to tell us how God thinks, how God acts, and how God expects. So the word of God is coming to you, is coming to you and goes, if you Accept the invitation. You know what you can expect. You know what you're going to receive. So the invitation that God gives you into any given promise, the faith is in the invitation. One of the, one of the things that has dawned on me that has absolutely transforming my life is this. I spend most of my life struggling to have faith. Most of my life, I'm reading to get faith. I'm worshiping to get faith. I'm going to a conference to get faith. You know, I go into prayer lines to get faith. You know, travel around the globe just because, to, you know, just to get faith. And then realizing, dawning this, is that I already have what I am seeking. I already have what I am seeking. See, the good news of the gospel is this, is that you already have the faith to receive whatever God is inviting you into. You don't receive it when you get it. You already have it. And, and for me, I, I remember we're talking with Pastor Silva over this, is the dramatic shift that happens when you realize, I already have faith, but I haven't yet energized it or used it or acted upon it. So when Jesus said this, and he said this to you, see, when Jesus says, come unto me, over 2,000 years ago, he had you in mind. He had every person alive in mind that was to come. So God says this, is that I am giving you an invitation to come into my lifestyle, my reality. You see, when Jesus said, come unto me, you know what he was saying? He says, come into the provision of heaven 
that is available on earth. Let me say that to you again. When Jesus said, come unto me, he says, you can have the provision on heaven on earth, and you don't have to die to go to heaven, you can have it now. So when Jesus said, come unto me, all the resources that heaven has, I have now been made available to you. And also within that invitation is the faith for you to live it. So right now, wherever you are, you can cast down every argument. You see, faith tells you what you will receive before you ask. Doubt will give you an argument and it will give you reasons why you can't expect this. The Bible's Apostle Paul really nailed it on the head when he says, casting down arguments. See, faith never argues. Faith reaches out from heaven, reaches to heaven and brings it on earth. So anytime there is an argument about your faith, argument about you receiving. It's not coming from the power of the Holy Spirit. It's coming from the enemy. So faith tells you what you will have before you ask. Doubt will give you an argument why you can't have that. So the invitation still stands. Right now, whatever situation you find yourself in, the invitation always stands. See, God does not withdraw the invitation. Here's something that you put into your spirit. I don't receive the invitation because I am good enough. I don't receive the information is because I've done enough. I don't receive this information or the invitation because I'm a part of a family. I receive the information is because God loves me. So the invitation is given by unconditional love, grace, and favor. So all of a sudden, God doesn't stretch his hand out to you, and then he says, hey, you better take it because I, I, I might change my mind. So the invitation stands the Bible even puts it this way, clears it really up, and he goes this, my mercies are brand new every single morning. See, the moment you wake up, the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Come unto me. See, you don't pass a millisecond going by without this voice, without the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It says, come unto me. Are you tired? I'm speaking to you. If you're wearied out, are you speaking? Have you tried religion? Have you tried this and this and you've come out empty? God says, come unto me. So God requires faith. But God always gives what he requires. God, re God operates on a level of faith. The Bible says, be done unto you according to your word. He's a kingdom principle is that God always gives what he requires. So God never says to you, I want you to go out and be creative. See, when God wanted a temple in the Old Testament, he didn't say to Moses, hey Moses, I want you to get a committee. I want you to get the best architects available. I want you to get the brightest minds available. I want you to create for me a house 
I want you to create it, and, and I want you to just, just give a couple of groupings. You can have maybe 10, 15 committees, and we'll pick the right one. You know what God says? I want something. I want a temple. So what does he do to Moses? He says, Moses, I'm going to give you a download of what I want. And not only am I going to give you the download of what I want, I am going to give you the resources you need to do it. So within an invitation to do something, you have the faith, you have the resources. So the Bible tells us you, how are we to come. We are to come to God in faith, expecting. Have a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Now, there is, this, is a, this is a gem field of revelation. This is a gem field that we can, you can spend, and you will spend eternity just trying to... Just, just, just this verse. And I love it. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. God wants you to please him. So therefore, the inference there is already is that God's given you faith to please him. And he says this, for he who comes from God must believe that he is. So watch this now. Faith, by coming to God, faith already knows what God is. It's not, faith is not this, I am going to go on an adventure and I'm going to try to discover what God is like. See, faith takes us, we, 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 we are talking about divine faith, we are talking about God faith. Now, uh, to, just to clarify this a little bit, this is natural faith. Natural faith is developed through trial and error. So, before, you know, so you, re, you see something, you observe it, you get information and you go, yes, it works. You know, if you've never ever seen a chair, that means that you were, say, say you were brought up in some remote part of the universe that you've never ever had a chair. And then somebody gives you a chair. You know, the first thing that you would do is you would grab it, you would hold it. Is it, you know, is it sturdy? Is the ground sturdy? You, you would do all the, you'll do all your trial and error and, and then gently try to sit on it and go, it can hold my weight. Then, see, the next time you see a chair, you will not go through any of these you will automatically sit in it. See, natural faith comes by observation, comes by information, comes by testing, comes by trial and error. But the God kind of faith does not come to this. It rises above because it's a faith on another level. It's God's faith. And the Bible says this, do not come to me thinking trial and error. Don't come to me thinking, well, I don't know, it's going, going good. I'm going to have a go at this. You know, I, I, I always find it amusing when I've heard preachers go like this, come and give Jesus a go. Come and give Jesus a try. I remember being in a meeting when the preacher was doing that, and um, I just had to hold it in because I just wanted to yell out something to him. But I couldn't get over. It, it, was, it was like God saying, hey, you know, have... Come and ex try to experience this and if you, if it's, find out if it's good. See, the faith God is talking about is not a faith that you trial and error. Take, just, just, just oh, okay, see if it's any good. See, God's faith comes in with a persuaded heart. 
It knows what it will receive before it asks. See, what happens is this. If when you start to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the, when you see Jesus walking out the kingdom on earth, you can see Jesus walking in a heaven dimension on an earthly stage. And what you would find when you start looking at it, you can see the way people approach him to receive. Those that were absolutely confident would go up and receive. Those that weren't confident were giving Jesus the reasons why they should heal them, why they should bless them. So what we find is when we start to move in the invitation faith, the faith that comes from heaven. See, the moment Jesus came and he says, come unto me, faith was in those words that you are coming not to trial and error. You're not coming to a tasting session. You are coming to a living session. You're not coming to a place where it's, you're not sure, but it comes to a place where you walk in confidence. You stop being double-minded. You go, I know that I know that I know. See, Paul, I love Apostle Paul, and he made this amazing statement. He says, my heart is persuaded that he is able to do what he has promised. So uh, God faith is a persuaded faith. It's not a faith that is being persuaded. It is a faith that has already been persuaded. Let this drop into your spirit today. You haven't been given a baby faith that is trying to walk. You haven't been given a baby faith that is still trying to find its identity. You have been given a God faith. You have been given Jesus' faith. And Jesus' faith is already settled. The Bible says His word is settled in heaven. And if His word is settled in heaven, my faith is settled in heaven. So therefore, I do not have to go through a process of arguments, through a process of getting second opinions. It is my faith. So what he says this, in, he must believe that he is. So therefore, first of all, the faith of God will tell you who he is and what you can expect. And the other part of the verse is this, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Watch this. And those that diligently Seek Him. The faith that God has given you doesn't seek to have the reward, but it knows this. See, God's faith seeks Him, and whoever seeks Him, God rewards. If you want to put another scripture towards that, is that seek ye first the kingdom of God and His right, and all these Things shall be added unto you. So God says we don't seek Him to be rewarded, but the reward comes is because I seek Him. See, faith is this. I know what I will ask, I will receive. And then it goes even higher. He goes, if you seek me, if you go after me, I will give you all the stuff all the things that everybody else sees striving for, paying for. I'll give it to you as a reward. What's the reward? Is that I totally and utterly 
cut myself off from every other source and seek you. I'm going to go after you. I'm going to persist in you. So the Word of God is absolutely fatalist in this. And God says, this is the kind of faith you have. The invitation is in the faith. So right now, you are invited to move in a realm that you've never moved into. You are invited to think the thoughts that you've never thought before. You are invited to cross over from the natural to the supernatural. I want to just show you this. and God has been telling us all through the Word what we can expect. So when we know what to expect, when we know this is, the, this is who His faith tells us this, this is what you will receive when you ask. I want to show you this. If you can, uh, I, I, my heart's desire would be that you would read Psalm 107 through and through and through and through. I've got to get myself another Bible because I love underlining, and I've underlined just about everything in Psalm 107. Listen to the verse 1. Let everyone give all their praise and thanks to the Lord. He's why. He's better than anybody could ever imagine. Yes, he's always loving. He's always kind. He's always faithful. And his love never, ever ends. He's what God... See, if you start to thinking what the Word of God says, and this is who he is. Let everybody give their praise and thanks to the Lord. And here's why. This is the persuaded heart. He's better than anyone could imagine. Yes, he's always loving and kind, and his faithfulness, his faithful love never, ever ends. That means that his love is not seasonal. His love is not dependent upon the economic, political environment. His love supersedes any environment. See, God's saying this, you must believe that he is, that he's better than what you think. I love, I heard this uh, statement by Pastor Bill Johnson from Bethel. He says, God is better than your highest thought. God is better than your highest imagination of good. You cannot have a thought that supersedes who God is. So that is the magnitude of it. So Psalm 107 starts off, with this is who God is, that God is better than you can imagine, one. He's always loving, two. He's always kind, three. His faithful love never ends, four. So what we have here in a nutshell is what God is. And then Psalm 107 goes another level and he says, now this is what you can expect because of who God is. This is what you can expect from who God is. So first thing you'll find this, and it's verses 4 to 6. And it deals with the issue. If you have no direction, if you have no place to call home, this is what you can expect God to do. So the first part of here is that the psalmist goes in, Hey, I'm calling to you if you've got direction. You don't know what to do with yourself. You got no place to call home. You got no place of security. He says that this, he says this in verse 4. Some of us once wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads. 
with no true direction or dwelling place. Starving, thirsty, staggering. We became desperate and filled with despair. Oh, hey, doesn't that sound what you find everywhere? He says, we were starving, we were thirsty, we were staggering, we became desperate and filled with despair. But listen how God responds. Who he is is now going to respond to these people. And he says this, Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us, and he did. Underline this, when I cry out, Lord, help me, he will help me. And then we cried out, verse 6, and he cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us, and he did. So you find this, is that if you got no direction, your expectation is now is that God will take you from being starving, from being desperate, from being homeless, whether it's spiritually and physically. God says, this is what you can expect. Second thing we find here is that it deals with pain and regrets. Now, when we start talking about pain and regrets, there is physical pain, there is emotional pain, there is the pain of loss, there is the pain of restrictions, there's a pain for that, and there is also regrets. How many of you now listening to me have got regrets? I mean, uh, I, 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 I remember driving through a suburb which we could afford at one stage when, before we got married, and um, then I didn't think much of it. And then five years down the road, the prices went, you know, about 70 to 80% more. And the regret was, man, I wish I had bought that. Have you ever regretted, hey, you had an opportunity to go to college and you didn't take it? Have you ever regretted that you could have gone to university? You could have accepted that job. You could have gone into a relationship with that person, but you, do, you didn't do it. You feel like your regret was, I had opportunities and I didn't take them. Whether they were because somebody else stepped in and stopped you or it was your own fault. So God says this, if you are a person with physical and emotional pain, if you are struggling with the pain of regret, lost opportunities, lost income, lost ability, whatever it is, God says this is what you can expect. Listen to this. This is verses 10 to 13. Some of us once sat in darkness. I love the word. The word sat there means that you have given up and you're just sitting there. Because we were prisoners living in the dark shadows of death. We were prisoners to our own pain, chained to our regrets. Wow. Hey, doesn't, can, can you not feel this? When, when I'm reading this, it, it is almost as if the emotion and the pain of these people is crying out. You can hear their words, they are drenched with despair. Somebody's saying this, we were prisoners to our own pain. Wow. We were chained to our regrets. Let me just pause here for a moment. I want you to write this down. God does not create a problem to show you how strong he is. 
God never creates a problem to show you how strong He is. So God doesn't create this, but He gives us an answer to this. Listen to verse, this, is, this will explain it. Verse 11, for we rebelled against God's word and we rejected the wise counsel of the Most High. So he humbled us through our circumstances, watching us as we stumbled, with no one there to pick us up. Our own pain became our punishment. Just, just watch this here. The Word of God tells us the reason we ended up with pain is regret. It is not because God decided to teach us something. It is because we stopped being obedient to the call of God. The Bible says we've neglected the word. We stopped responding in faith to the word of God. We started to respond to our own thinking, to our own, um, to our own ways of doing life. And then he says, and he humbled us through our circumstances. So watch this. When a person stops Accepting the invitation of God, he becomes a person that serves their circumstances. So if I respond to God, then I am looked after. The kingdom of heaven is now in me. The kingdom of heaven is going to look after me. But if I choose to respond, otherwise I come under whatever I respond to. See, when God gives you an invitation, you come under His covering, you come under His blessing, you come after His protection. But if I accept the invitation of a circumstance... I come under that circumstance and being controlled by the circumstance. But listen to this. You might be there. You might have done this. But God says this. And then we cried out, Lord, help us. Rescue us. And he did. I want you to realize something between verses 12 and 13. The only difference, the only difference, difference from a change of situation, of a change of circumstances, was we cried out to God. We responded. We repented back to God. And guess what? There wasn't a time difference between God thought and didn't. God didn't have to go, oh, I don't know whether I'm going to do it. Hey, come on, come on, angels. Let's have a committee. Does he or doesn't he not? See, the moment that they repented Repentance is, God, I want to go back to the original. I want to go back to the original invitation, not this invitation. And so God comes in and he goes, bang. And he goes, the moment we cried out, God did it. So what we have is if you've got no direction, God says, I'm going to help you. If you have pain and regret, God says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to rescue you. Now, the one I want to deal with here is this. There's this confusion in the body of Christ that goes, well, if you create, you know, if you create a problem that you've got to, you know, you know it's, it's, a, it's a term that we've used. You know, you've made your bed, now you've got to sleep in it. So we, we have that whole kind of concept. Well, you haven't looked, you have, you've been eating wrong, you've been doing everything wrong. How can you believe now that God to heal you after look at your lifestyle? It's confusion. I remember on a radio program listening in the car, uh, there was a person, 
um, that had, uh, had a liver problem because of his lifestyle. His lifestyle was so contrary to how the liver operates, and he was getting a transplant. And the amount of people that rang through that says, well, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't do it. It was his choices. It was his bad choices that caused him the sickness. So therefore, he should be put at the back of the line, not the front of the line. Sometimes we get into this, we buy into a lie that tells us, well, you made your bed, now sleep in it. You have to wear and you have to bear and you have to live the result or the consequences of your actions. Now listen to this. Verses 17 to 19, Psalm 107. Some of us were such fools bringing on ourselves sorrow and suffering because of our sins. Sick, feeble, unable to stand the sight of food, we drew near to the gates of hell. I love that. Sorrow, for some of us, such fools, bringing on ourselves. I've got good news for you right now. You could be in a situation which is self-inflicted. You have inflicted this situation. You've made the bad choices. You've done everything contrary to what you want. And now you feel like, why would God, why would God now touch me after for what I've done? And then people go, well, hey, you know what? You deserve this. You did this. Just grin and bear it. But I want you to listen to verse 19. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. Wow. Listen to verse 20 after that. God spoke the words, be healed. And they were healed. And he delivered them from death's door. I love this. See, what you realize, the moment they cried out, God, help me. God finished the sentence. His words came straight after they said. So they cried out in faith, God rescue me. And there wasn't a time gap. There wasn't the silence. There wasn't the emptiness. There wasn't days and weeks and years for the answer. The Bible says, even though you did it yourself, even though you deserve what you've done, but because you've answered my call, you've answered my invitation, you stepped into my faith, you cried out, and what did God do? God responded, be healed of your affliction. So right now, if you're feeling guilty and condemned because of the lifestyle that brought you to this, I've got good news for you. All you got to do is cry out. And then, listen to this, and then we have verses 23 to 28. It's all about unexpected storms. We, we all are going to go through storms. We, we in Melbourne here, we've been through a storm and we're still in it. The world is in a storm. There are some things that happen that you didn't cause. There are some things that happen that were put on you, not by your request. You were just put on them. And the Bible talks about here, it says it's unexpected storms. It says some of us set out to sail upon the sea on the faraway ports, transporting our goods from ship to shore. I want you to understand this. Look at me. If you're in business right now, this is talking about you. That you are running a business and a storm came. So I've just put this in. This is what the Lord told me to say. We are witnesses of God's power on the ocean deep. We saw breathtaking wonders upon the high seas. 
When God spoke, He stirred up the storms, lifting high the waves and the hurricane winds. Ships were tossed by swelling sea, rising to the sky and dripping down to the depths. Reeling like drunkards, spinning like tops, everybody at their wits' end, until the sailors despaired of life, crying out in terror. Right now, whatever situation you are in, you started out and it was peaceful, and now you're in a storm, and you're crying out in terror. And I want you to see this. And then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us, and he did. Come on. How good is that? That is better than anything else that you could ever imagine. God says this. If you're in business, you started out, and this storm came out called COVID, and all of this is happening, and you're crying out, I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose this. But God says, all you got to do is cry out. Hey, doesn't this also resemble when you look at Matthew 28, verses 23 to 27? Jesus was in a storm. What did the disciples do? The disciples cried out to Jesus. What did Jesus do? He spoke to the storm. So what you see here is a correlation. What God was saying to David in the Psalms, in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus, Jesus steps in here and he says, Hey, I can break every storm. I can quieten every storm. So you see Jesus moving in this. Now, as we come to the end of this, look at verse 43. It says this, If you are truly wise, you will learn from what I've told you. If you are truly wise, you'd listen to this message. If you're truly wise, you wouldn't, don't take this lightly. It says, it's time for you to consider these profound lessons of God's great love and mercy. If you are truly wise which I believe you are, if you're listening right now, you are truly wise. You will learn from what I've told you. You will learn from it. It's time for you to consider these profound lessons of God's great love and mercy. You know what God's saying here? Is this, I've just shown you what I will do in the situations. See, right now, how do you answer the call? Whatever situation you might find yourself into is this, is that God is saying, whatever situation you're in, I've got a word for it. And I, and I have given you the faith so that you can accept the invitation. So now you can be free. So now if you've if you got, if you got no direction, if you have pain and regrets, if you've got self-inflicted problems, if you have unexpected storms, the invitation from Jesus is for you to have a breakthrough in every single situation. Right now, will you accept God's loving invitation to you? See, the reason you're listening to me tonight is because the Holy Spirit wanted you to hear that Jesus is in calling you. Jesus is looking at you right now, wherever you are, wherever you are, whether you're a solo mum, whether you are stuck in an apartment yourself, whether you're a business person that has lost everything and you're looking at foreclosure, whether you're in a health situation where you go, man, my, my lifestyle has done this to me. But God says this, is whatever circumstances 
you are in. Answer the call. Cry out for help, and I will. You see, in every one of those circumstances, we read that God answered swiftly and quickly and powerfully with a big yes. So right now, I believe, and our prayer team believes, we are all praying for you right now. This is a solemn moment. This is a moment where you take your eyes of the situation you're in, like Jesus said, come unto me. Will you be brave enough today? Will you be brave enough to answer the call of Jesus? Will you be brave enough to go, I dare to believe in the goodness of God. And I know and I dare to believe if I seek after him, all of these things will be added to me. Not only am I going to get a breakthrough in the situation that I am in, but I'm going to seek God. And in seeking God, God's going to, all these things will follow me instead of me trying to get them to follow me. So here's the key for you today. I'm asking you on behalf of God, will you answer the call? You might not know Jesus. Will you answer the call? If you are sick today, answer the call. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here right now. I believe that He's working on you now. I believe that the Holy Spirit is in your bedroom. I believe that He's in your lounge room, that He's in your car as you're going for a walk. I believe that right now it's your moment. Don't let this moment escape you. Don't go back into regret. So come on, why don't you? Look, I... I this might be a strange thing to do, but if you're, if you're watching me in your lounge room, uh, I want you to stand. You, you know, sometimes when somebody calls you, you could be in a seated position. I want you to stand. I want you to do something, something physical that represents something spiritual. So if you need a touch from God today, if you need a touch from God, you can just stand up. If you're driving and you're listening to this, I want you to pull over. And just go, God, God, I'm ready. Whatever situation you use, do something to position yourself and saying, God, I am answering your call. So right now, whatever situation that you are in, I want you to stand. I want you to pull over. I want you to stop whatever you are doing. Put the cup of coffee down. Whatever you need to do. And just stand up and say, God, I'm, I'm answering the call. Here I am, God. Here I am. I answer your call. So let's pray right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. God, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you're for us. And Father, for all those people standing right now, all those people that have pulled over the side of the road, all those people that have stopped whatever they're doing and they've cried out, Jesus, here I come. I'm answering the call. You have called me to come, and I come. And I cry out to you, Father, I have no direction. God, give me that I accept your direction. God, I have self-inflicted wounds. God, heal me. God, I am full of pain and regret. God, heal me. Father, I've hit an unexpected storm, and it looks like we're going down. I'm crying out to you to steal the storm. So Father, right now, I come to you in divine faith and I receive the answer right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Father, I just pray for every person that you would minister unto them. Let the spirit of God, let the spirit of joy and of comfort be upon every single person in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. If you've been touched by God and uh, you want to just uh, send us a letter, uh, an email, you'll see a response where you can have a link where you can let us know. That will be really good. And just, be- just before I finish, there's a call out. If you don't know Jesus, if you're doing life alone, if you're, you know you're not doing well, you've tried it all, you've tried this and you've tried that. I'm not asking you to try Jesus I'm calling you to accept Jesus. So right now, if you, if you, you feel Jesus saying, I want, to, I want to be your saviour, I want to be your saviour. If, if that's you, the Bible says if we will acknowledge him and we will accept him and receive him, we will be born again, that he will rescue us from everything that's coming against you now and for eternity. If you don't know Jesus as your saviour who leads you to, to God the Father. Why don't you pray this prayer after me? Dear Father, thank you for Jesus. Father, I've heard your call and I am coming to you. Father, I am a sinner. I have sinned. There's, Father, I can't do anything to help myself, but I believe that Jesus lived for me, that he died for me, and he also rose again for me to give me life. And I right now receive him as my Lord, and as my Saviour, in Jesus' name. And I thank you right now that I am now your son, I am now your daughter, and I have all the liberty that you died for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that for the first time, or you might have, you might have been away from God and you prayed it, there's a link underneath me right now which you can get in contact with us. We want to send you information. We want to pray for you. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you soon. Looking forward to seeing you in person. God bless you.